Welcome to That's My Niche. This podcast is on the hunt for professions across all disciplines to get a glimpse into the world's mindsets and passions of successful people. I'm your host, Nina Dorfer. Sit back and enjoy listening with me. this episode, my beautiful friend Dorothea gets all up into Design Duo's Simone et Marcel's business. Simone and Marcel are Charlotte and Javier in real life. I found them on Instagram and was immediately drawn to their captivating and inspiring team energy. In a nutshell, they design lamps and home accessories in Spain. But how they got to where they are today was a bit of a journey. Without further ado, please enjoy episode number 12 of That's My Niche. And now over to Simon and Marcel. So, Javier and Charlotte, um, thanks a lot for taking time to sit down with us uh, for our podcast. Uh, you are the design duo behind the design studio Simon and Marcel. Could you just introduce yourself uh, quickly? Sure. So I am uh, Charlotte, known as Simone in the, in the couple, and I'm a French uh, Parisian girl, uh, 28 years old, and, um, and that's pretty, pretty much <laughs> about me. I think after we will probably discuss more about my, my path, but that's the main... Yeah, and I'm Javier or Marcel, as you want. <laughs> Uh, I'm Spanish. Um, yeah, I come from a from a village in Spain. And yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> and he's four years old more than me. Ah, yeah, so I'm thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still both very young. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, perfect. And uh, you founded uh, your design studio, Simone and Marcel. What is it about? So Simone and Marcel is about uh, design, home design. That's the, the idea behind the, the studio. Uh, we just started and we focused on lighting first. And we do, we design, we create, uh, imagine and manufacture all our, all our products. And at the moment, so yeah, we do only lighting mm -hmm. and some small decorative objects such as like candle mm -hmm. holders, vases, But we hope in the future that Simon Marcel will become a brand of being at home and the art of, yeah, the, we call it the art of being home. Okay. Yeah, right now we, are, we our product is mainly table lamps and floor lamps. We have some pendants, we have some wall lights, but we would like to basically expand all the, all the lightings uh, to have a, a very good range of, of products and after to expand into other categories of, of home decor, like Sharva said, to basically do everything for your house and that uh, you can make your universe mm -hmm. like uh, we think about it. <laughs> With products from your brand. When did you uh, found your brand? You started. So um, I've, we found it, so take officially, legally, mm -hmm. the brand was founded in 2020, February 2020. Mm -hmm. 
but then I think the project started well beyond 2020. Mm. So I don't know how, when do you want us to start about the story, but I think, uh, yeah, you had, you had various key dates mm -hmm. that um, we can start from. I don't know. Yeah, what yeah. do you, what do you no, want no, to start from? No, no, it's perfect, it's perfect. So, like, you officially launched it in uh, 2020, and, of course, there's always uh, the process that uh, comes before. How was it yes. for you? Like, well, how did you meet? Uh, how did you decide to, to, to get together and to start uh, the brand, actually? There's one for Charlotte. <laughs> so, I like to tell a story. And, uh, and perfect, we like so to listen uh, to that. Javier, <laughs> Javier and I uh, met in Los Angeles in 2013. We were both part of an exchange program mm -hmm. with our home university. So Javier was coming from university in Madrid. He was an engineer. And I was coming from uh, fr uh, Parisian University in business. And we were, so this university had agreement with uh, foreign universities. And we both enrolled into, um, at UC. Riverside, so it's the University of California in, uh, in California, near like an hour drive from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were both students there, so we became, of course, classmates first, then friends, and quickly we became a couple. Mm -hmm. um, Javier was four, he's still four years older than me, so <laughs> for him it was part of his, his last year of his engineering degree, engineering degree, and me, I was younger, and I was in the middle of my studies, only at the early stage. So we were on, a, we were not at the same stage in our life, and that means that Javier, at the end of this year in Riverside, he had the opportunity to stay and work in the United States. That was his plan before he met me, and I was, uh, I had to finish my studies, and I was enrolled in a, in a supply chain master, so. So that was where the, 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 the challenge was, because we, we thought at the beginning it was going to be difficult to make it work. But uh, it seemed like we did. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so after this year abroad, Javier stayed in the U.S. Yeah, I started working in a, in a lighting manufacturer in uh, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there for a year where Charlotte was uh, in Paris at the beginning, and then she found an internship. In, uh, in a logistic company mm. in the airport of Los Angeles. And, and yeah, we were there another, I mean, yeah. for like a year and some months. And then after that, my visa was going to expire. Ah. So, <laughs> yeah. So my previous employer offered me the possibility to go to China with them to, to manage uh, like the residential projects over there. And so that's was a good opportunity, and we decided to to go there. So I went there without anything. Yeah, without first, any <laughs> first we had to. I had to because I was still enrolled at university at the moment. Mm -hmm. And when this opportunity came, Javier said, "Oh, can you? Is there any way you can uh, pause your your degree and we go back to France after and we finish it?" But I think going to China is an amazing thing, and and we cannot uh, we cannot just not take this opportunity. Opportunity, so we went there. I decided to let my studies on the side. I mean, I made sure that I could start again mm. when I wanted to, and we moved to China. Javier had the job, and I didn't have a job. Neither could I have a visa because I we were not married, and 
his company was giving him a working visa, but I was legally nothing to him. So I went with a tourist <laughs> visa and, uh, and just the tourist visa in China, it's very complicated. You only have one chance of entry, so you can only enter one time and you have only 30 days on site. So it was my time to find a job and try to convince a company to give me a, a work employee visa. And a very stressful moment as well. <laughs> yeah, very stressful for Javier that was carrying all my stress and my anxiety. But uh, I made it and found a job uh, in a German company called Miel. In French, it would be Miel. It's a house appliance, uh, very luxury appliances. And yes, I found my way while Javier was learning a lot about lightings, how to manufacture, how to draw, engineer, and manage projects. So it was very, very nice experience. And then mm -hmm. came to the end of that agreement that we had between uh, Javier and I that was to stay only one year so I could go back to France and finally finish my degree. So that's what we did. In 2017, January, we came back to France I went back to school and Javier was was kind of I think this is where the first yeah. the first um uh let's say entrepreneur entrepreneurial uh, thought came to his mind because he mm -hmm. didn't really know what to do and he didn't speak Yeah, I didn't French. speak to French at the time and and it was a little bit stressful for me because obviously I came from I came from China where I was uh, dealing with all these suppliers and I was uh, obviously I was I had like an expat salary and I had a good life over there so I came to to Paris I don't know I don't know the language and basically all my experience all my previous experiences counts like nothing because I like to start mm -hmm. from zero because because of the language so it was a moment that I said maybe it's the time to to start something But at the time, it was uh, I was learning French. I was also looking for a potential job over there, yeah. and and yeah, after six months, uh, I mean, I had some offers, but they didn't really Sweet. offer me what I was wanting, what I what I was expecting. So I, uh, after six months, I I got a job offer in in London. Okay. That it was uh, a good offer, a company that I would like to work for. And then we decided that I was going to, to move to London. And then when Charlotte uh, will finish, uh, she will join me in London. Okay. So, yeah. And then we are in London, both of us. Uh, Javier still works in lightings. And yeah. I, at the time, I found also my way. I always had very different experiences each each country. And I was kind of adapting, however, I, I didn't mind, I didn't have a path like Javier had of lightings and engineering. And I worked for a snack company in London for two years as a logistic and production manager. Mm -hmm. I'm basically dealing with factories and, and organization, it's mainly this. Okay. And uh, so we were two years uh, in London, and this is where I think Simona Marcel born, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, It's when we we were looking for a flat to move, and we we found a flat, but it was not furnished. Mm -hmm. And we moved into the flat. We didn't have any furniture, and we said, "Okay, so what are we going to do?" We looked for furnitures. We were earning 
a good amount of money, but not nothing extraordinary. But, so that means that we could afford something more than IKEA or Maison du Monde, but couldn't, but still couldn't afford anything of any designers. So we were in the middle, and we were thinking that actually there were no really much choice for for this yeah. category. And we were looking for something good quality, uh, ideally made in made in locally. I mean, not made in China. And and yeah, we couldn't find anything. So Javier just said, "Why just don't we make our own furniture? I know how to handle machinery, so we are going to buy some tools mm. and buy some wood, and let's see what we can do." That's the first I thought. Yeah, when the idea was born, in a way. To, yeah, exactly. To really That's when the idea was born. Started. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you're a bit crazy, but let's do it. Yeah, do, you even, do, you, <laughs> do you have that much trust on me, I think? <laughs> no, I had trust. I had, I had trust, but I just couldn't imagine how we would make it. Anyways, we went for some wood, some tools, and in our kitchen, in the kitchen of our shared apartment, because we were not living, we were not the only one in the apartment. Uh, we were cutting woods and sanding, and we, we made a huge yeah. mess. But especially in the corridor, we made <laughs> a huge mess. And uh, we did some. We did three pieces of furniture. We did yeah. a bed, uh, a bed, um, a, a closet. Yeah, not like a closet, but more like uh, hangers for your clothes. And uh, we did as well a Japanese panel. So it's like a wall. It was like to separate the room into in two environments, the mm -hmm. living room and the bed parts. And it's when actually we took a lot of, I mainly Javier knew he loved to do things with his hand. And it's more the moment where I realized that I loved, I loved designing things. I loved yeah, drawing. We, and mm -hmm. we basically did the, the full process of, uh, of manufacturing some things. So we, did the, we first did a preliminary design. We did some renders. When we were happy with the, with the, what we wanted to achieve, we we basically went to different suppliers to buy the the parts that we needed. Mm. Uh, we bought the machinery to make it, and we basically made the full process. And, and I think that's what what Charlotte enjoyed to to basically create something from zero. When you you see it first in the computer, the idea that you have in your mind, and then. Uh, it becomes a reality and yeah, that was very fun. Okay, so you really uh, started to uh, to make your... So it really happened out of uh, your own need in a way. I mean, Javier's uh, career path and like education and a professional way, really you started out with lightning um, and now you're also focused on lightning first with Simone and Marcel. Um, exactly. the, I guess it was a given based on your uh, experience. Maybe just quickly, Javier, but that you could um, tell me a bit uh, like why lightning all at the beginning and then um, you decided to do more furniture and now you came back to lightning. Just to see there a little so, bit. Uh, lightning was, a <laughs> <laughs> it was not uh, a path that I, was, uh, that I wanted really to, to work on that. Uh, I was more looking, when I, when I finished my study, I was more looking to, to work in the automotive industry because it's, uh, I'm passionate about cars and about making cars and uh, working on cars and everything. So I was looking for that. Uh, but after, because, uh, so they gave me the visa to be able to work for a year in the US, but then I have to look for a job. And it's not easy to look for a job when you are just out of university and you don't have 
any experience and in one year you're going to leave. So I was looking for a lot of companies. At the end, I was looking everywhere. And I saw on, I mean, on a local, I mean, Craigslist is like a, how do you explain? Like a eBay. Yeah, it's like a place where people post uh, about random things. So I saw a company that was just like uh, two blocks from our house. And I was making these uh, lightings for casinos, for... And I was, oh, this is pretty cool. So I went, I decided uh, to go there. It was the first time and the only time that I have done that. Mm -hmm. I, I decided to go there and to um, to give my my CV over there. And, and then I didn't listen from them for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So my visa was about to, to expire because uh, obviously yeah. you have to get the job before a certain date. And I had an interview at that moment. <laughs> Uh, for another company, so I go to the rental car company. I go to rent a car, and they say that my my with my car I cannot rent any car. So it was the last chance that I had, and I couldn't make it. I was like devastated. I was I called Charlotte. I said I'm coming back. There is nothing I can do now. And then I don't know why I see that I have a voicemail, and then I I see I have two voicemails, and it was my previous boss that was telling me, oh, come to to have an interview. So I said, oh my God, that is, <laughs> that is the chance of my life. So mm -hmm. I, I, I called him and he said, oh, if you want to come now, come now. Uh, so I went there, I did the interview. He, I really liked it. They showed me the office, they showed me what they do. And I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. And he basically told me, if you want to come tomorrow, you come tomorrow and you start uh, right away. Amazing. So that's what I did. And yeah, yeah I started there. I started first as a design engineer, mm -hmm. so I was doing drawings in SolidWorks and mm. uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. I was doing like very big uh, light fixtures, like from very tiny to maybe mm. six, ten meters uh, lightings for for hotels, casinos. Then I I was uh, after that I was doing project management as well for mm. the same kind of projects. And then after that, uh, I I moved to China but with the residential products, and I was basically taking care of uh, all the residential projects in China. That the, because uh, for hotels and all that, uh, the company already had a, a team over there, but for residential it was way more delicate and it was not the quality was way more important. So uh, basically, when I went there, it was for developing that side of the business in China. Mm -hmm. And it went very well. From having almost no projects over there, we were to maybe making seventy uh, percent of the of the production of the company over there. And then from there, I went to another company in London, like I explained before. And over there, I was the design manager, so I was taking care of all the engineers uh, to to make drawings and everything, and taking care of. Uh, issues with production and everything. And then after that, uh, at the last six months, I moved to Manchester, where I was, so I was still living in, in, in London, but I was uh, commuting every week. So I was going for the full week to Manchester to take care of the, of the factory of, uh, of my previous employer over there. Mm -hmm. And over there, it was basically managing the factory, managing the engineer team, the the assembly team, the 
production team and uh, shipping, everything. So okay. over there I learned quite a lot. That's super interesting. And it's really interesting that uh, I feel like you both found, uh, or like you both together found your niche a bit uh, by coincidence. Uh, because Javier, you yeah. said uh, it kind of happened that you you started out in the lightning industry. And uh, Charlotte, you said before as well, when you started to do the furniture for your apartment in London, uh, you discovered your passion and your, your love for design and uh, creating. Um, exactly. Have you ever thought that this, uh, like, like Charlotte, for example, did you ever think that uh, you could uh, have a career in design? I mean, you started uh, more as a business. You also need the business, I guess, now for the company, um, your business background. But uh, you are in charge of designing now in creating. And um, how is this uh, separate with you two? So we... I would say that we none of us has any background into design. On not uh, Javier has an infinite knowledge about uh, technical design, um, but none of us has about like the aesthetic design, what I would call more like uh, interior design and materials and colors and things like that. So I think that comes from. I believe that this is one of. I mean, there are many other skills as well. That is one of the things that comes from as well your taste and your personality and I don't think you I think you can be a designer without studying design because it's mainly about taste and an eye for for the shapes an eye for the materials for for many things and it's influenced by as well not only in furniture design but I love as well fashion I care about the way I dress I care about, uh, I love going, enjoy going to museums. And I think all that is what has built our design inspiration and our design identity, I would say. So, so yeah, none of us has a design background. And I think uh, it's thanks to Javier that we're doing lighting because obviously, especially that we manufacture lightings because we could, we could still do lightings and have someone manufacturing them for us. But I think we would not be able to offer the same quality and the same products as if we, we are actually doing the products ourselves. And uh, yeah, my background about my background is mainly logistics and supply chain. So it's it's I think it helps the business in the way that I'm I'm quite organized. I like to put things into actions and have plannings and things like that. But um, But yeah, no, nothing really specific to design from my side. I think it's more my personality. Definitely. I agree with you 100% that design is... Uh, there are, that there is like the technical aspect and there is the aesthetic aspect and you can uh, form your, your design and your aesthetics. But I also believe that there is a lot... Um, with personal taste, with per, with uh, personal influences, and that's also what the brand then is about. It's about uh, you and your idea, and um, how you see your designs in the end. So, um, what is like the story that you would like to tell with your your products, with your um, creations? Like, is there a common thread? Uh, how do you approach this? So. I would f the, sto the story behind the, the there is a story behind the business of the you know the strategy and the the values that we we have. I think the design itself, which means the shape 
of the design, I don't think there is any uh, story. It's just the it's just the freedom yeah, of our imagination and like the things we like, mm-hmm. basically, and how we will do basically each of the pieces that we created. We will put it in a house, obviously. <laughs> we will not do something that we don't like. And then after more regarding to the to the business itself, we we want to create. A, a, uh, that's maybe more personal because it's only. I mean, it reflects in the way we communicate it, but it's the, the biz- there is the part of the business we want to create for ourselves, meaning a working way of life that we want, basically. Uh, we want, obviously, to create, uh, we would love to create a factory that brings work to the village where Javier is from. That's something also we value a lot. We want also to treat our customers and our suppliers this, exactly the same way. There is no difference for us. And we want to have nice relationship, friendly relationship with everybody we work with. So it's more like about like a working lifestyle that we, we're mm-hmm. aiming to create as well. And as well, I think something that defines the way we communicate on the social media, because we, we are very present on Instagram uh, mainly for now. And this is, we really communicate more than our products. It's our story, our way, it's what we call the, our art of living and the way we, we see life. And we communicate this as well, uh, not only our products. So if you follow our journey on our website, you can find information about the, our factory. You can find information about uh, our story until, until we've created this business. You can find, obviously, our products. We share our little tips. We share the things we love, the places we have been. So it's more, it's more of a, I don't like say lifestyle because it's a bit, a bit that word that everybody well, it uses. Shows, but uh, yeah, it is. It shows your life, uh, professional and also with the private side. And I think that's something exactly. that is very special about you, since you're also a couple. And uh, that must give another dynamic, I guess, to uh, Yes, to work. definitely. <laughs> uh, so maybe you can tell us a bit about this, because uh, I think uh, it's very interesting to, to, to know how, um, how you handle like, this work-life balance if you're actually together 24-7, um, how, yeah. You, yeah. How, you manage, uh, how you manage this, being a couple and being uh, uh, co-founders of the, of the company. So at the beginning it was uh, quite challenging to be honest because uh, uh, the the your life uh, in your house is not the same as your life in at work and obviously we know our life uh, together is very good and all that but when we came to work together we didn't know how the other how each other was working and that created a lot of conflicts. <laughs> A lot of conflicts, a lot of uh, lost days that, uh, <laughs> that we will not speak to each other. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very challenging. Our families, the first thing we said, well, the first thing our families told us, and I think from both sides, yeah. when we said that we, were, we wanted to, to do this journey, this adventure together, is to say, are you sure? Are you sure you're going to, you're going to put your relationship in danger? Uh, is you know are you ready to do you consider the fact that you might lose each other as a couple because of this and and yes we we knew that we knew that this was a risk and we 
but we knew each other so well and we had gone through we had gone through before very bad moments as well you know I'm not going to say that our journey through all these different countries as Javier said when we moved to China it was very difficult for me to be in China without a job and for France it was difficult for me France, France was difficult for Javier so we had we knew each other in difficult moments of stress of anxiety And we knew that we were able to support each other in these difficult moments. And we thought, okay, having a business is going to be another difficult moment until we adapt, until we learn how to work together. And yes, it was very difficult at the beginning. Yeah. There, is no, <laughs> there is no difference between work life and personal life. So all you, can, you cannot make that difference. That thing that uh, people say, you know, it stays at the door. Yeah, When you work together, it's just impossible. It doesn't, yeah. It comes... Come with you. It comes with you to the bed. It comes everywhere, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it stays. It stays sometimes for for several days. But but the most important thing is that when we find a solution to the issue, is that we become back like the first day, and that's what I think matters. Is that it's just uh, it was an obstacle, and we've overcome it, overcame it without any damages to our relationship, and that's what was important. And Javier is a person in a personal life. I think the most challenging thing we had is that Javier, in his personal life, he's someone that is very easy, easygoing. So he will adapt to uh, anything, basically. It's not, I don't yeah. know if I explain it well, but if I want to go to this restaurant, Javier would say, okay, let's yeah, go to okay, that let's restaurant. Go. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, so if you have a plan, I'm, I'm always... Uh, fine. I always fine for a plan and... Uh, And at work, I want the things done in, a, in my way a little bit. <laughs> and Charlotte wants the, the, the things done in her way. And that was the main point of conflict. But after, after, a, bit, after a while, um, basically we found the, our specific areas, you know, and we, we learned how to trust the other. And, yeah. and that now is good. And I think we are very complementary. That's something very important to say that we have uh, we are very different on uh, on the technical aspect, meaning that Javier is all about manual production, engineering, problem solving, all these kind of things. He loves doing them, and he's very good at that. And I will more take care of administration, accounting, paperwork, marketing, and uh, as well. I think. Selling, like contacting yeah. people, I'm good at, uh, you know, customer service, like that kind of thing, and uh, and and designing. I would say that this is where we actually meet because even though the I would say the aesthetic shape of the things tends to come more from me, the design is not only about the way it looks, its shape, but it's also about how is it made inside. And there are so many things where I come to Javier and I say, oh, imagine this shape with that material and all that and he says it will be very complicated to make or tech, engineering wise is not or we could do it this way if you change this that way maybe it's much easier or it's doable or uh, so I think it's really merging our two sides of the aesthetic that comes from me and the technical that comes from Javier and this is and then our designs are created this way definitely yeah because one, one thing that is very one thing that is very important for us is that um, Basically, the, the, you want a lighting for the, like, you, ha, to ha, you have a beautiful piece in your house and it makes the, 
the full environment completely different. But what is inside, you don't care. You know what I mean? Uh, if uh, there is a lot of work that you cannot see, it's completely pointless. It's money that is uh, thrown in the garbage, basically. So we value a lot that our products are very uh, well thought, so the prices are not exaggerated or basically you pay for what you get. You pay for the quality that you see. You don't pay for things. Uh, for example, if you, I don't know, if you have something that breaks uh, one out of two. So basically, obviously, at the end, the customer will have to pay for two because one breaks, right? So we want things that are solid, that are quality, that are easy to manufacture so they don't break, that they last. And, and, and that is why we value a lot uh, that um, engineering behind the products. That's really interesting because I also think in the end um, it's also a bit what uh, is uh, is going on with uh, the Nina Dorfer's uh, design studio that um, she's juggling uh, two jobs that you like she's juggling the technical aspect and the aesthetic aspect as one person and you uh, bring both those uh, elements to the table and it's intertwined because that's very often what is missing in the industry that there's like the design aspect and the technical aspect and they do not overlap. And um, I guess that's how you can also reduce costs sometimes and that's how you can make your design uh, better and, uh, and more functional in a way and uh, without losing the aesthetic aspect, what is um, yeah. very important. And it's very interesting uh, what you said about you as a couple. I think it's totally normal that there are some conflicts and uh, that it's uh, difficult to adapt to a situation, but... Yeah, if I guess everybody brings something on the table, and the most important thing is that you uh, find uh, find pleasure in, uh, in in working together, and that you find your um, your uh, passion, and you go to do the path together, and that's very very beautiful uh, that you manage mm -hmm. to do this, and uh, that you continue to do this. So um, maybe we talk quickly about the name of the company, Simon and Marcel. So what does it stand for? So Simone and Martha, that's a, that's a, 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 a cute story, I would say. <laughs> uh, so when I met uh, Javier, I think very quickly, I, it was very clear that I wanted to have children and, and uh, it was something very important for me. And, and I even said that I wanted to have a boy and I wanted him to be named Marcel. And uh, I remember Javier said, was very early age in our relationship, Javier said. It's, I mean, there's no way I call my son Marcel because in Spanish it refers to a, a cartoon character that is called Marcelino Panivino. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, they're going to laugh at him at school. Uh, anyways, it's a no. It's a, it's a no and that's it. And I was living all these years thinking, trying to, really thinking I have to find another boy name because uh, I really like to think a long time ahead to make sure I love the name even five or six years after and I don't get bored of it. And uh, when they, we were, so that was one episode of our life. And then after we were, eight years later, we were looking for a name for, for the business. We wanted something, we wanted something that Javier didn't want it to be called Charlotte and Javier because he was too personal. And um, he wanted something uh, quick and we were kind of, it was one of the first uh, argument that we had as a couple <laughs> because to find the name. Mm -hmm. And uh, we took a long time. A long time. 
And we wanted something, and I wanted something more referring to us because we are two people behind this business, and I wanted people to be to identify the, the, the our work as a couple. So Javier said, "Why one day? Why we don't call we don't call it Marcel because you will I can this way you can have your son, the name that you will never get to use for a human, but maybe for a business it's okay." And I said, I laughed and said, why not? I, I, I'm in love with that name, so why not? If it's not my son, it can be the business. And I said, okay, that's fair. But uh, then you have, we have to find another, another half for Marcel because we are two, and Marcel is one person only. So I said, what name will match, will match and be complementary of, of Marcel as we are? And that's... I find, find it nice to say, to pronounce, to remember. And I thought Marcel is the name of a little, um, of actually a, a grandpa in France. Like the, the age, the average, the average age of people named Marcel, I think is almost between uh, 75 and 85 years old. So I thought then we have to find a classic uh, grandma name for, for it. And that's when I came with Simon because Simon is a very traditional grandma name in, in France, at least. And I say, oh, Simone and Marcel actually sounds good together and, and matches, as I think it matches well. So this became Simone and Marcel, Simone and Marcel in French. You can say it, Simone, you can pronounce it as well, however you, you want, depending on the country. And, and that's the thing, the story. Yeah, that's it. Very cute story. And it also, I think, <laughs> it, it be. It also um, uh, refers to something of uh, classical quality, long time, uh, you know, like uh, the, the products that can be passed by gener on mm -hmm. generations. And, and this is the same with our product. We have something, we built something for a long time. And the same as Simone and Marcella have been names for, uh, for years and years. So we found it, it matches well. It was a fitted uh, context. It's a very lovely story. <laughs> and um, so now you said it already a little bit with the with the countries with the pronunciation. You are now in Spain, uh, in the uh, village of uh, Javier. Um, what do you see are the advantages of working in Spain? Uh, why did you decide to to settle in Spain? And uh, yeah, what are like uh, the, the differences between other countries you worked in? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the main reason why we came here is because uh, obviously we have uh, our family and we have basically the support that, that we need to, to launch our business because um, basically we have a house, we have uh, obviously the, the, the warehouse where we are in right now is, uh, it was a normal warehouse of, uh, that my father was not uh, using, it was for agricultural purposes. And basically this and the house made that we decided to come here. It was a, a good start because we didn't need to to care about paying the, the rent every month for the studio that we will have and the house and everything. And also the good thing about the being more than in Spain in a village is that we don't spend that much money in our personal life. We We... We also have a very easy commute. We have like uh, five minutes walk from my from my house to from my house to here, and all of that made. Uh, yeah, 
made okay. it perfect for us. And you see it's on the sorry, <laughs> do you see on the professional side uh, advantages? Uh, because you said you work with, I guess, local uh, artisans. Local or, art. How how does this aspect uh, play into it all? So I think on the countryside itself, regardless of Javier being from Spain or not, uh, Spain is a country that where where life is cheaper. Uh, if in comparison to its con neighboring countries, I mean, removing Portugal is even cheaper, but but uh, France, Germany, uh, Italy, UK, is they're very expensive countries where the labor is very expensive, and therefore that I think this is an advantage because we we get the uh, advantage of being geographically in the west part of Europe, and it's very nice for shipping orders and for. Uh, traveling and you know it's, it's very nice to be in that part of Europe but at the same time we get the advantage of having a low cost I mean low cost it's not low cost but lower cost uh, lower cost um, life so I think that's one of the advantage and another advantage I would say is that there is a lot of uh, uh, artisanal culture in Spain yeah. so I think uh, Spain is a it's a The population in Spain is quite old compared to to France or to UK, where people live longer, and therefore there is kind of there is this uh, atmosphere of passing from generation on generation the 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 skills of working wood, of working the stone, of working uh, uh, different materials that we can find in Spain. To be fair, I don't know I don't know much about other countries, so I'm speaking kind of. <laughs> I don't know, Javier will be able maybe to, to confirm compared to manufacturing in, in England as well? Or? I, mean the, the, I mean, the difference, I, uh, the biggest difference that I see, especially comparing to China, or I mean, in the UK a little bit as well, is that, for example, in China, the, the factories where, where, I was, where, I was, where I was working with, they were massive factories with, uh, I don't know, like a lot, a lot, a lot of employees and basically they were doing everything in one spot. That was basically all the lighting was done in one spot in different factories, but the, every factory had almost everything, a lot of uh, employees, a lot of... Um, and the difference with that is in Spain, uh, you have more people that are specialized in something. Mm -hmm. they, don't even, they are not even in Google Maps. They don't have a website. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything about selling. They just have their their customers that they have for many, many, many years. And what they do is very good quality, but they don't have the need to to make it bigger. They just uh, kept it small. All the families working there, and it's, it's basically the the feeling that I have uh, of manufacturing in Spain, uh, in Portugal, in the in the peninsula in general. And compared to, for example, the UK is way more, because of the cost of labor, most of the small artisans are gone. Mm -hmm. And there are only like uh, medium-sized factories. And in China, there are only like massive factories. And Of course. And yeah, yeah. that's the, the biggest difference, I see. Yeah. And it's very nice because it gives your product more value, having uh, like your raw materials and your your... Your, your skills and expertise from uh, the locals. And uh, it, especially nowadays, uh, customers uh, value this, uh, 
this uh, it's not even a side effect it's like uh, it becomes kind of also like a, a big value of the product itself so mm -hmm. it's a, it's a beautiful uh, factor to uh, to put uh, on plus to every every product that you make so that's really mm -hmm. nice so uh, do you have a typical week do you have uh, routines or rituals or is every day different um i would say that We have typical days, not typical weeks. I cannot think of a week that um, that looks like another. But uh, we have, uh, yeah, we tend to have a typical days, even though all days are not like that. But uh, I would say that a good day and a typical day would be a, a day where we usually wake up. We we don't have uh, alarms, so that's another benefit of having our business. Yeah, or being both of us only. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, because we are the the two of us for now, and I hate alarms. I always thought the day I have um, the business, I don't have any alarms because it's just awful to be awakened by a noise. But um, so we naturally wake up around 8.30 thirty, and we'd say that we arrive at the office workshop at. 9.30 every day. Uh, then we will, we will check emails. That would be the main thing we would do and solve any issues. So usually emails bring issue or good news, but sometimes issues. And uh, we will deal with that at first. And then if, if uh, sometimes it takes us the full day and sometimes it just it's, there is no problem at all or nothing to do. So we, we usually in the morning, I think we work We do more computer works in the morning. So it would be working on the website, improving uh, some things. For the example, at the moment, we are working on translating the website in French and in Spanish. So that's something we do in the mornings. Uh, we would work on accounting, on you know, contacting new potential customers, uh, looking for uh, different suppliers if we need to, or, Uh, that kind of things. Then we, that's the biggest part of the day. And then we have lunch, usually have lunch around 2.30 Spanish time, very late. Uh, we, have, we bring a salad from home or we have a barbecue here. So Javier loves eating meats, not, not vegan at all. But uh, here we do barbecue and uh, we have a little break, maybe half an hour. I, usually, I love knitting, so that's how I... Mm -hmm. Have a common point with Nina. Uh, I, I <laughs> yeah. enjoy doing. I enjoy doing uh, knitting things, but uh, not clothing. More like a home decor. So I usually need lamps. I can need uh, baskets for the house or things like that. And then I'd say at 4 p.m. we go back to we go when we go back to work. Let's say we start again. And the second part of the day we will usually do manual work. So if we have to work on something in the workshop, in the factory, we, we can do some small batch production. So for example, we, make, we do pre-assemblies of things that we think uh, that we need a lot. You know, polishing, painting. Yeah, things like that. And then we usually finish the day around 9 p.m. So it's quite late compared to, uh, compared to France, where I'm from. And uh, we usually finish with sports sessions. So we have a sport activities from Monday to Thursday. Uh, tennis mainly or Gym. pilates. Yeah, any, any, it varies from quarter to other quarters. And yeah, we go, we go back home 11-ish, have dinner and go back to bed again. It's very busy, a very intense. That would be a, 
that would be the definition of a good day. And obviously, that will be a day where we don't have any orders. If we have an order, we obviously focus all our time to complete the order. But uh, it happens that we have days without orders, and that would be a day, uh, a normal day, I would say. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, okay. So um, you said before that you well you launched uh, the brand uh, in uh, spring 2020. So it's still a very young company. Um, are there any errors that you made and that you would share with us uh, for uh, that you could advise uh, new entrepreneurs to maybe uh, think about that because you didn't or something that you would make differently now? Uh, what could you share? Um, I think mistakes. I we don't we don't really call them mistakes yeah. because yeah. we we learn from them. Yeah, but yeah, but, uh, at the end, uh, yeah, we 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 did some mistakes and mm. we did some other stuff that we thought that it was a mistake and at the end it turned great. So I think is uh, I think it's important to not uh, to not focus on the errors that you that you do, but on the on the success uh, that you have. Because the, you can get very demotivated, especially at the beginning, when you make a mistake and obviously you are putting your life savings into a business and you made a purchase that wasn't great or that was not needed. And you get very like deep down <laughs> that day. And I think it's, it's good to, to think that mistakes will happen and... And you know there is nothing to to worry about uh, mm. with the with the time it will it will come to a point where everything is good and and you basically won't make the same mistake again and that's it. I would say that the thing that if we had to redo the things is that we made some useless purchases. That's uh, I think the excitement of uh, of uh, fresh business that we wanted to we wanted to buy many kind of materials for after using in the end one type of material machinery and as machinery well. as well yeah we've we've bought many machines and we usually use <laughs> maybe half of the machines that we bought but that would be i think the the thing that if we had to redo everything uh, again we will be buying less of these things because we yeah. know what we use and what we don't use Yeah, and also I think at the beginning you tend to, because obviously you don't have orders and you are developing something, so you tend to use all your time in purchasing things. Mm. So that's a bit uh, dangerous. And also, obviously, you have a budget for your business. And you think that to spend that budget is uh, what is required for the business to grow. And then you realize after that you didn't have enough money in that budget and you have to keep <laughs> adding money to that. So, yeah, just be, be cautious about the, about the spending and really think, do I really need it now? Or can, I, can, I do it stiff? can I still do it, but with the tools that I have at the moment and, and things like that? Mm -hmm. But after, and still this week, consider that is, uh, is the process of learning, I think, because we're learning to buy better. Definitely. I think that's very nicely said because uh, it's exactly this. There are actually no mistakes or if you want to call them mistakes, they are necessary in order to grow and to learn and, uh, and to do it better because exactly. otherwise uh, it's all a process in life and in, in design, in, in work, in everything. So I think it's very well said. Yeah. 
So what are we going to see from Simon and Marcel uh, in the next month or next time? You have the lightings, the lamps. Uh, I saw you already also have some uh, homeware and, uh, and, and tableware. So what are the next steps of the, the brand? Um, for, for this year, we, have, we would like to develop more lightings and really get professional of that. And that means maybe at the moment we have a lot of table lamps and floor lamps and develop more uh, pendants and wall lights because it's something that people are looking for and it's true that we are, we are lacking a little bit in this area. So it will mainly be this for this year. And then for the future years, we have plenty of ideas for the futures. Uh, I cannot really, we cannot really say if it's going to be next year, in three years, in five years. But as we said at the beginning, Simon and Marcel is not only lighting and, and hopefully we will, we will grow and get the resources for, for extending our range. And we would ideally, in, uh, I would say in 15 years, I would say, this is how I will see the, the, the end, the success of the path. It would be to have, uh, uh, to have yeah, lighting, homeware, Uh, furnitures, but as well, all about the experience of being at home. So it could be activities while you do at home. So for example, when you uh, cooking with your friends or, uh, I don't know, reading, all the things that you do at home, all these activities as well, uh, bring that into a concept of, uh, of the art of being at home. And uh, that doesn't mean only only decorative things, but as well as uh, creating experience and bringing experience to the house of, of people. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the, big, the big plan, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, in the coming months, I think you will see more lightings mm -hmm. because we really want to master the, before entering any new category. And uh, yeah. To master the lightnings and uh, to advance there. But it's a very beautiful idea, this... Uh, giving like an experience at home and then contributing to uh, this well-being at home that uh, is, uh, is just so important for, for us individuals and as a family and everybody to have this place at home. And there is lightning, very important, and all the other little things that you need around uh, uh, contribute to this feeling. So where can people find you and your products? Um, the people can find us on a web uh, on a website first. I think it's the only uh, is the easiest and it's the only way to get direct to our product. After we work, that's a funny thing because before we started the the business, we thought we thought we are going to sell a lot online and uh, very little to to third parties, so meaning our interior design studio and, and shop retailers. And the truth is actually it happens the other way around. So we sell relatively little online compared to the professional we're working with. It's only interior designers, but we work, we have, we're very happy with the, the, the clients. And yeah, uh, very nice projects and, and, um, and all over Europe. But uh, if you are a, if you are a professional, then you can contact us. Uh, you can contact us directly. If you are if you have just uh, your home and you want to do the decoration yourself, then you can find us uh, online. So if we want to find you, if, uh, if we want to find you, it's uh, best to do this on the website. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. 
Thank you so much for your time and for this uh, wonderful interview. Uh, it is a really inspiring uh, path that you two uh, took on there. And uh, we are fans of your work and we wish you all the best uh, for the next uh, years and the next projects. That's lovely. Thank you to you as well for the time yeah, and for, for contacting us and for reaching and, and for just valuing, value, valuating our work um, and make it to your podcast. So we're so very honored. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our episode today. Stay tuned and I'll catch you next time with another episode of That's My Niche.